Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's Roundup. This week is the Patreon giveaway drawing for this very awesome backlit, speed-controlled Game Boy donated by West from Second Opinion Games. Uh, and also, I should have the audio version of the podcasts up by the end of today. Uh, I know I said I was working on that last week, but you know, you know how it goes. Uh, but hopefully it's back up and running. Um, Justin got it running as of right now. I just have to upload the rest of the content and get it tweaked. So uh, fingers crossed that everything's back to normal pretty soon. And maybe I'll do it a slightly different way going forward. I'm not really sure. I think for now I'm just going to leave well enough alone and put the podcast side back up the way it was. And then maybe look at a nicer interface in the future. But uh, anyway, let's jump right into the news. There's been some incredible progress this past week with SA1 support on the SD to SNES for Super Nintendo. And uh, that's the special chip, the SA1 chip, that previously wasn't able to be used on real hardware at all unless you had the original game. None of the ROM carts would support it. Well, once again, Red Guy came to the rescue and he has implemented it in a public beta of the SD to SNES. So anybody looking to try this out, uh, just load up the SD to SNES firmware, the latest one, 1.8.0, and then just extract this right on top of it. Uh, and in fact, just a few short days after releasing the public beta, he's already released the next update to it with some performance increases and some bug fixes, which is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, uh, here's somebody that donated all this uh, for free to the open source SNES community. I, I just can't even say thank you enough to Red Guy. I mean, what an unbelievable achievement. And he got this and the Super FX within a few months when for years people said maybe it couldn't be done. So a huge shout out to him. Also, Smoke Monster did a written interview with SA1 hacker Vitor Vilela, and I think I said that right, and I'm so sorry if I didn't. <laughs> um, but he, basically, Vitor is the person who went through and figured out how to use the SA1 chip to benefit other SNES games. Uh, and the first one he did, actually when he was 13 years old, was Super Mario World. Um, this is one of my favorite games, uh, which is a little cheesy. Yeah, it's a Mario game, but I really do love that game. It's my favorite Mario game, and I know it pretty well. Maybe not as good as a speedrunner, but well enough to notice little things. And I went and played his version of that, the SA1 hack version, and I absolutely noticed a difference. There was no slowdown in any of the levels at all. And according to Vitor, these are some of these, uh, almost every Super Nintendo game could benefit with an SA1 hack because you could actually have almost all lag eliminated because essentially what the SA1 chip would do in that scenario is take some of the processing power away from the CPU. Um, so the full list of uh, tools uh, is coming, um, or an update to the tool suite is coming. There's already the tool suite released, and anybody who's looking to do these things on their own can. 
So I would love to see just, you know, any game that has any bit of slowdown have a patch applied to enable SA1 support just to see what's going to happen next. Um, if you want to follow Vitor or if you want to see any of his uh, pretty awesome videos that demonstrates how far you can go with the SA1, uh, I'll leave a link to his Twitter page down below. And lastly, for the SA1 news, Smoke Monster has been working tirelessly getting a list of SA1 games, as well as been working with Vitor on scanning an existing ROM set to see which games that we didn't know about previously utilized the SA1. It is mostly just uh, Japanese games that aren't as popular as the others, but Smoke Monster did find a ton of new games that utilized that chip and has been compiling the full list, including all of the very, very cool hacks. So a massive thank you to Smoke Monster for that and uh, all of the, the usual crazy ROM work that he does for us. So, um, you know, that's a, I couldn't open with a, a crazier and more awesome thing to talk about this week. Um, I think the only people that won't enjoy this are maybe if you somehow hate the SNES. <laughs> but uh, even if you own every SA1 game, you're still going to get the benefit of all the hacks, which is just add yet another reason why I love ROM carts so much. So, you know, big one last round of thank yous for everybody that deserves it. Thanks to Smoke Monster for putting all these things together and keeping track in great databases of where all these games are. Uh, thanks to Vitor for doing all his SA1 hacking. Thanks to Red Guy for the Super FX and the SA1 chip support. Uh, and of course, thanks to Akari for making the SD to SNES because it is absolutely my favorite ROM cart and I don't think I could live without it at this point. Between the MSU games, the SA1 games, and just the convenience of having all of the hacks and uh, all of the homebrew right in one spot, I mean, you couldn't pry that away from me at this point. So thanks to everybody and I hope everybody with a, a Super or an SD to SNES will run and get that update right away. The brand new Genesis game Tanglewood just got an official release date of August 14th on Steam. Anybody who purchases the game on Steam will get a Genesis ROM for free, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, and at my own personal two cents on this, I really hope the developers open up a PayPal do donation link or something because I would rather just shoot them the 20 or 30 bucks, get the ROM, and not even bother with Steam. But <laughs> that's just my opinion. Uh, I just, stuff like this, I really want to help the developers out. Uh, I got a chance to play the first level or two, and it was interesting. It was like a modern 2D side scrolling game, but on the Genesis. So it was very neat. I really, um, you know, I was intrigued and I was really looking forward to playing it more. So hopefully I'll be able to play this uh, soon enough, August 14th. Um, and the developers also said that they were in talks to try to get it on other major consoles. So nothing guaranteed yet, but they're looking to try to get it on Switch, PS4, and all of that. And if that does happen, I'll absolutely update everybody. But uh, I'm looking forward to playing it, and I think... Uh, this will be the first thing I really sit down and play on my newly bypassed Genesis. So thanks to the Tanglewood team, and I uh, can't wait to play it. Rob from Retro Gaming Cables just showed off his new test rig. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rob, I love that picture of you. <laughs> i got to keep using that one. Uh, but here is the actual test rig. Um, and I thought it was neat because some people listening probably won't give a shit because it's just a test rig. But any of us that like the project behind the project will, will really enjoy seeing this. 
So um, he uses the open source SNES connectors from DB Electronics to have his uh, correct SNES ports in there to be able to test GameCube, SNES, and N64 cables. Uh, and it's just kind of neat to see some of the test fixture stuff that he's been using. So uh, I hope he keeps posting behind the scenes videos. I certainly liked it when he got the overmold stuff in and was posting stuff on Twitter showing that off. Uh, so keep them coming, Rob. I, I certainly like to see the behind the scenes stuff and I imagine a lot of other people do too. Christoph posted a progress update on the Dreamcast HDMI. He said that the on-screen display and controller integration are now working, which I believe was the last software huddle that they had to get over. Uh, so controller integration, I assume, is so that when you press the button combination, the OSD pops up and then you could use it just like it was any other built-in OSD. Um, I think the last major hurdle before it could go up for sale is the flex cables and then one last test of install. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm close. <laughs> so either way, it's not available now, but as soon as it becomes available, um, this is one of those things that not only will I put in the, on the website, but I'll also tweet about because I know it's something that a lot of people have been wanting and I'm really looking forward to getting one in for review. Um, I think maybe I could probably borrow Art Streamcast or something, install it in that, and then uh, that way you can go right to a streamer who'd be able to test it in a, a really tough environment right away. So I'm looking forward to it, and I'll let everybody know when it's available. The new company, Insurrection Industries, has just released a new GameCube connector for the digital output for both their own GC video solutions as well as for use in do-it-yourself solutions. As far as I know, nobody has actually reviewed these yet and tested them, but if they work as good as they look, it should be a perfect solution for all the do-it-yourselfers out there. Um, Greg did post his 3D print design for his GC video connector, and while it's absolutely awesome, it's still quite a bit of assembly to get those pins in. So as long as these work as advertised, it should be something that you could just solder right to the top of your GC video solution, which would be pretty awesome. Um, the pictures make it look great, and hopefully we'll have reviews of this up soon. Uh, and also, uh, I will have a review of the Insurrection uh, Super Nintendo SCART cables up probably tonight, maybe tomorrow. Um, it was supposed to be up already, but uh, Steve from HD Retrovision reminded me that I made a pretty big mistake in one of them, so <laughs> I'm going to redo that part. Uh, the bottom line is, though, they seem to be pretty safe. Um, uh, there's no voltage problems on these at all, and they seem to be pretty well built. Uh, but check out the review for more information, and I'll keep everybody updated as to when these go up for sale and uh, when people start reviewing and testing the GC video connectors. Vertec just posted a video about his Neo Geo CD SD loader, which essentially loads uh, games on the Neo Geo CD via an SD card. Um, I'm not sure if there's any plans on release for this, if it's going to be open source or if it's just a project he's been tinkering with, but it looks pretty awesome. Anytime, in my opinion, anytime you could replace a CD-ROM drive assembly with an SD card, especially if it's in a non-invasive way, like with the Dreamcast, where you just unplug and plug the new one in, I think that's amazing because um, optical drive assemblies are not going to be around, uh, relatively speaking, for much longer. Um, probably through our lifetime they will, but I would imagine that you know, when our great-grandkids go to play a Dreamcast, um, an SD loading solution will still be working. The Dreamcast will probably still be working, but the optical drive assembly won't, and there'll be no replacement parts for it. So, uh, sorry for my preservation rant here. I got one more before the roundup's over, but uh, this stuff isn't just for hacking, piracy, uh, and, and, you know, stealing games. It's really, in my opinion, for all the other reasons. 
Um, and the number one thing for me on CD-based consoles would be reduced loading time, because uh, I think you know there's nothing. No one's going to complain if you have less time to load a game. Uh, and maybe even speedrunners could adopt different policies for different products. That way to keep it fair, uh, so uh, you could calculate it in or or just have a, a speed run using whatever new device is out there. But either way, uh, another awesome project uh, project and product from Furtech, uh, and I'm really looking forward to a lot of the stuff he's got going on. So uh, hopefully one day I'll get to talk to him and pick his brain about all the stuff he's working on, and I can't wait to just throw money at this dude and <laughs> start buying stuff from him. I just posted my interview and some footage from when I went up to visit Renee from DB Electronics. And uh, man, that was an absolute blast. Uh, even right when, right when I got there, Renee was waiting for me in the airport with a sign that says, Welcome, uh, welcome back from rehab, which was extra funny because it was a tiny little airport. So everybody there saw the sign and saw me walk out, which was pretty funny. But um, it was an absolute blast. We went ATV riding, which I hadn't done in a long time. I got attacked by mosquitoes when I got out the car to pee, which sucked. I'm still kind of covered in welts, but I totally deserved it. Um, but overall it was a blast and it's really great too because even though I talk to Renee all the time and I've really been interviewing my friends, it's totally different when you sit down with somebody and you just start asking questions and uh, it's really great to hear the other side of things and to see his lab just like everybody else's. Um, and I definitely want to give a big thank you and a shout out to everybody who's allowed me in their homes to do these because I really needed the support of my friends to do these at first because it's, uh, it's a little rough trying to do all the recording and be in the interview at the same time. Um, you know, it's, it it's probably sounds like I'm just whining about this, but when you have everything set up and you think you have everything perfect and you sit down and two minutes later something goes wrong, there's no way to know until you're done recording. So I've really been... Uh, been I mean, working with and using my friends as experiments to uh, to try to get this down. So I finally have camera rigs set up so that will fit in a backpack and I'll be able to travel with two cameras. Um, I finally got the mics set up properly, which I still screwed that one up with Renee's. I had my, my Tascam recorder set wrong. Uh, if anybody uses one of these, don't just read the manual. Read forums, too, because the manual is a bit confusing. Um, but at least the Renee interview had a pretty good boom mic, so it didn't sound bad. It's not like it was an iPhone in the middle of the room or something. But uh, I'm getting better at all of these, and uh, you know, I think I'm almost ready to, to go out with, uh, with new people. Because if I screwed something up in the middle of the interview with Renee, you know, he wouldn't walk out and hate me forever if we had to redo the first 10 minutes. So, um, and I think we actually did have to, to redo like a two-minute part because of a failure. So I want to make sure that I don't do that for when I meet new people who don't know me and don't really know the channel that well, I don't want to come across looking as a total moron. So thank you very much to everybody who's had me over and put it up with me. Um, you know, thanks to, to everybody just opening up and, and doing these interviews. And I hope to meet a lot more people in person. And uh, I hope to do more uh, more guitar jams like this because it was really cool to, to teach Renee that my song, which is also the opening, and watch him learn it in like a minute. Um, you know, that hard part that I'm showing right here, that took me like a month to train myself how to get note for note without sounding sloppy, and Renee did it in like 15 minutes or something. So props to Renee, he's an awesome guitarist. Uh, so once again, thanks to all my friends. Uh, you know, thanks for everybody who watches. Please share them if you like them, because, you know, the only way I could do more and the only way I can get better is if more people start watching. Um, and to anybody else out there, uh, I hope to I hope to see everybody soon, and I hope to... Get a camera and a mic in your face and hear your story.
In celebration of the upcoming Neo Geo Mini, Silicon Era just did another interview with the original developers from some of the SNK classics like Metal Slug and King of Fighters. And it was pretty cool to hear some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. They talked about the music for the games and that what they referred to as half-pixel shading, which is kind of a, a cool trick that they used to make it seem like it was higher resolution than it actually was. Uh, overall, just a very cool interview. So anybody that's a fan of those Neo Geo games, especially like the King of Fighters and stuff, definitely check it out. A new Genesis game called Grill's Quest was just released, uh, and my buddy Chris had to explain this one to me because I wasn't quite sure the origins of it. Uh, but basically it was an original MX2 game uh, with a title that I probably can't pronounce from 1989. It was then demade in 2005 to work on the MSX1. Um, and then from there, a few developers turned it into a Genesis game, and they sold it on an actual cartridge. And now that those are all sold out, they've released the ROM to the public. I tried it, and it does work on, uh, on a Mega EverDrive, but I couldn't really figure out how to start the game. There was a weird thing with locks and stuff, and I just I didn't have the time to kill. So uh, anybody into that game, definitely check it out. Uh, and if anybody figures out how to get it started, let me know in the comments. I'm sure it's something very stupid that I'm doing. I just I didn't have time to mess with it. I spent about one minute and then said, all right, I got to move on. Super-G just posted an update to the G-SCART Switch Lite project. At the moment, he's got the sync on green forwarding taken care of, even in HD resolutions. Uh, I think that was the very last hurdle. And he also decided because of all the new features this sync on green and sync switch adds, he's going to replace the original two-position toggle switch with a four-position dip switch. And this way you could do things like forward the sync, convert the sync, etc. Um, overall, it looks like it's just more awesome options that people may or may not use, but I know I sure will. Um, also, pre-orders are going to open in about two weeks, and that's going to be a very small batch of stuff. Uh, and then very soon after that, a much larger batch will open up. So I believe his goal is to really get it to the point where he has continuous stock of them. And he's trying really hard. So, uh, you know, if you don't get it on this first one, just be patient because it's not going to be months for the next sale. It should be fairly soon. And this is another one of those things that I'll tweet as soon as they go up for sale. Um, that way you don't have to worry about missing it because you were waiting for the roundup. Greg Collins just posted another update to his top loader NES no-cut adapter, uh, and it's looking absolutely awesome. So for anybody that's unfamiliar, it's an adapter that when you install the high-def NES kit into a top loader, raises up the top loader a little bit so that you don't have to cut anything. Um, no longer is there a need to cut an HDMI hole. It sits right in this adapter, uh, and all you have to do is replace the screws. Uh, obviously because the original screws wouldn't be long enough, but stuff like this is absolutely incredible to me. And while, of course, he printed it in a bright color for the prototype so that you could see the difference, uh, if you were to paint that the same color as the bottom of the NES, I imagine that it would take, even even people who knew what they were looking at would, uh, would have to look twice before they realized it wasn't stock. I mean, it's uh, absolutely awesome, and stuff like this makes me really happy because once you cut plastic, you can't uncut it. So uh, thanks again to Greg um, for, for doing this amazing design. As soon as it's actually up on the Thingverse, uh, I'll either update this page or post another one depending on the timing of everything. Um, but this is just a very awesome thing. And I really, really hope anybody looking to do a high-def nest mod on a top loader would use this instead because this just guarantees even more longevity out of your console because you're not cutting holes in it for mods that, who knows, maybe 10 years from now, Keptris is going to make the... 8K DisplayPort version, and now you'll just have a big hole in the bottom of yours. 
So in my opinion, stuff like this is really important, and thanks very much to Greg for sharing his work. A project is now underway to try and improve the performance of 32X consoles. Uh, and why, might you ask? Yeah, I know it's a piece of crap. I watched the Digital Foundry video, which was amazing, but it showed that it's kind of a useless thing. But the bottom line is, if you've gone through the trouble of doing something like an RGB bypass on your Genesis, and you put it through an OSSC in 5X mode, and you're playing it on a really nice flat screen TV, now you're, you know, you're playing your Genesis, everything's great, and you plug in your 32X and you try to play virtual racing, you're immediately going to notice how crappy it looks. Uh, some are worse than others, some have very bad jail bars, and one of the problems that people have been trying to track down is uh, the coil. So when the coil inside is making a whining noise, is that contributing, not the noise itself, but is that um, a byproduct of something else going on that's causing other issues with your 32X? So uh, lucky for us, somebody named Kevin is actually an engineer that designs magnetic components for a living, so he's the perfect person to talk with about this. Um, and he has a few ideas and wants to see if swapping out certain components would fix uh, certain noises, both literal, the noise that you hear, or the noise in the signal. So he's asking if anybody's willing to take a look, uh, go to the Shmups page, maybe read through, and if you're willing to swap out parts with him or even swap 32Xs just to see, this way more people could be used as a control test to, to try and figure out what the root cause of this 32X stuff is. Um, and just bring it one step closer to getting a good quality output from it. I think there's a lot more to it. I think there's probably composite video signals coupling just like in the, regular, or in the original Genesis and all that. Um, and anybody that's ever taken apart a 32X knows that it's just covered in wires and glue. So I'm not sure if we'll ever get a perfect output from it. But it would be pretty cool if there was at least a few steps towards perfect. .mu has just tweeted that their port of the Neo Geo game Windjammers will be available on the Nintendo Switch this year. There was no official release date, price, or word if there was going to be a physical copy or not, but either way they guaranteed that Windjammers will be on the Switch this year. I saw a tweet from Chris Syme the other day that I had to talk about. Uh, it's about a computer museum collection in Australia that most of their collection's about to get destroyed because the storage area that they keep a lot of it in is got sold off and is getting bulldozed. Uh, so the short version is, if you're in this area of Australia and you want any of this stuff, I believe they're just giving it away to people just because it's a better, better alternative than it getting bulldozed. Uh, but that's happening this Friday. So if you're in Australia, even if you're listening to this right when it comes out, you got like a day and a half to move on this. So uh, it's really sad though because you know, I understand the tremendous costs of running something like a museum, but I also understand that if you just box everything up and ship it out into a, a warehouse in the middle of nowhere, you know, you could get thousands of square feet for nothing a month, pretty much. So it's kind of sad that uh, I don't really know the whole story or why this is happening. I just uh, I really wish somebody had thought of this a while back and said, all right, let's do volunteer days where you just get a whole bunch of people to box stuff up and move it to a different storage area. I think that would be, uh, that would have been awesome. So I hope a lot of this old computer stuff that's been around for a while doesn't get destroyed forever. I hope some of the really rare and impressive stuff gets held on to, but I guess that's life, right? Well, I'm sure you've already heard about 20 times already this week. Uh, the NES Classic has outsold both the PS4 and the Xbox One in June. And while I think that's really amazing because I really like to see more people get involved and interested in retro gaming, a lot of those sensationalist posts totally got it wrong. 
I mean, you have a cheap $60 console that was notoriously unavailable and people paying hundreds and hundreds for uh, versus two consoles that, you know, with a couple of games were pushing 500 whereas this $60 thing comes with 30 games. So I think that impulse buy of like, oh man, it's in stock, grab it now. I think for $60, you know, most of us could probably just say, whatever, let's do it. But uh, not 500 So that's certainly a massive factor. But the good news is I hope this brings more attention towards the positive side of retro gaming. Uh, not just the cheap knockoff clone consoles and terrible, you know, VGA cables for consoles that barely even work. Um, I really hope more people start to realize uh, especially nowadays, how easy it is to get a really great quality experience on a new TV, or even to take an old junk TV and turn it into something that would really be an impressive addition to somebody's uh, gaming center. So hopefully this will just put more positive light into what all of us have been doing, uh, and hopefully that'll also make people see, see the light on some of those crappy clone products. Um, and to be honest, I think the NES Classic is definitely a significant step up from all of that stuff. Um, I would take that over many other solutions. It's just once you have real hardware on either a CRT or a zero lag flat screen, it's kind of hard to go back to anything else. But uh, hopefully this will just be overall positive for everybody in the retro gaming world. A lost South Park Game Boy Color game was discovered. The story was actually pretty interesting. The game was 100% completed, uh, and it was just a regular side-scrolling adventure game. And when they showed it to the creators of South Park, Trey and Matt, they decided that the Game Boy was more of a kid's gaming console, and they weren't sure if that was going to be the best place for their game. So they ended up just releasing the other versions of the game, and the South Park Game Boy Color game was turned into the Mary-Kate and Ashley game. So um, while I'm definitely interested in trying this out, and I'm definitely a fan of South Park, uh, it's just kind of interesting to see the history behind some of these. So the ROM is available and out there now. The story uh, is posted on Lost Media Wiki, and uh, I just thought this was a very cool thing to talk about because I love finding lost games, and I didn't think I would have ever found a South Park game. I thought that was something that was so high profile that uh, it would have already been out there. But I'm glad we all, we all get to play it now, and uh, thanks very much to the people who found it and released the ROM to the public. I know I'm pretty late to the game with this, but I finally had time to post my page for the RetroTink 2X review, um, and this was kind of a, a quick sloppy review. Uh, I, I think because I'd spent so much time on the video that really covers all ground, um, and I knew I needed a page on the website. This was more of just an overview with, uh, you know, all the information you could imagine. It wasn't one of my crazy, you know, two-day-long in-depth reviews, but it, uh, it basically takes everything from the video, and if you haven't seen that, I definitely recommend watching it because it shows how awesome this thing is. But it just takes things from the video and puts it in for reference on a page, um, which is good to have. But um, a lot of people have been talking about the Retro Tank 2X lately because it's gotten a lot more press. Uh, and I saw RGT85's review of it, and I felt like a complete moron after I started watching his. Um, he had a whole section on 3D games with the smoothing filter on, and I had completely forgotten to do that in my review. So uh, I think that's a huge p piece of the puzzle that's missing, because some of those 3D games look amazing, but some of them arguably were a little bit before their time, and having that smoothing on seemed to make a really big difference on some of them, and it made it look better. 
Um, it's my opinion. There's no right or wrong way to do this, but my opinion is I would not turn the filter on for a 2D game like a SNES game. But I, after seeing Sean's footage, I think I would definitely leave it on for many of the 3D games. Um, so, you know, very cool review. Uh, sorry for missing that entire huge chunk in my review. Uh, so good call, Sean. Um, and also, um, Ray Commend posted a couple of different videos on it as well. One's uh, an overview, and the other one shows footage like this. And the other one also sh uh, compares it to a cheap scaler. And man, that's uh, even more proof that uh, it's better. Um, I considered doing that, but I wasn't really sure how I wanted to concentrate my review, and I'm really glad Ray stepped up and did that instead. Uh, so I'll have links to everything down below. Uh, if you're interested in this device, or if you're just like me, even if you already bought one and you're just interested in other people's opinions on it, <laughs> definitely check it out because, uh, you know, both Ray and Sean covered things that I missed, and uh, I really just think this is a device that everybody in the retro gaming world that's serious about gaming should own because while yes it's a great stepping stone for people that are just trying to get into the market and see you know hey maybe is this something i like is this something i'm going to use once but the other side of that is people who do streaming people who have an ossc but it's not compatible with everything having a, a cheap small device like this that you could use is, is definitely a tool that i always want in my tool shed um, I was able to get one now. I, uh, I sent mine to Voltar to take a look at, and uh, hopefully he'll have a video up on it soon, uh, or a teardown or a reflow. You know, Voltar videos. Who knows what he's going to come up with. But I just, uh, honestly, I think it's a great product, and I'm really happy it's out there, and I'm excited that it's the first affordable zero-lag scaler. Um, I'm really annoyed that, you know, no one came up with this before that, but hey, at least we have the choice for it now. So uh, even if you're slightly interested, check out um, the links down below and see if you think the device is for you. Now it's time for my favorite part of the month, the Patreon giveaway. I'm always really excited to give back to all the people that support me, and uh, this month is that very, very awesome backlit speed-controlled Game Boy from Wes from Second Opinion Games. Got the clear case on it, and oh, man, this thing's awesome. Uh, I'm definitely going to play it one last time before I ship it out because this thing's very cool. Uh, but I'm going to do the name drawing, um, and let's see who wins it. Oh, Ben Abrish. That's awesome. Uh, ben is somebody who's supported all of us for quite a long time now. Uh, he's donated some stuff and really been a big help. So uh, I'm very I'm very excited I get to, to give back to somebody who's given to all of us. So... Man, thanks, Ben. I'm really happy to, to give it to you, and um, uh, you know, please keep supporting, and I'll keep trying to get cool stuff. As always, thank you so much to everybody who, uh, who supports, and of course, thank you to Wes from Second Opinion Games, because uh, this is the second one of these that he's donated, and both have been incredible. So uh, thank you very much. Check out his podcast. I listen. He's got Evan Amos uh, as a co-host very often. Uh, I, I like it. He has a, talks about a lot of cool stuff. He also talks about a, moder a bunch of modern games that uh, I don't really understand. So if anybody, <laughs> any of you modern gamers probably get a lot more of the stuff he talks about than I do. But still a very cool podcast, so I'll have the link down below. Give it a listen. Before I go, I just want to let everybody know I will be at two different events this week. Tomorrow, which is Thursday the 9th, I will be at iFix Arcade for Beast's birthday party. Uh, anybody that just wants games, fun, and laughs, definitely come down and check it out, especially if you're anywhere near the Brooklyn area. And on Saturday, I will be at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo and on the Brooklyn Video Games booth. 
I should be there from the afternoon until the expo closes. So uh, anybody that wants to swing by and say hello, meet the, meet the crew from Brooklyn Video Games, check out some RGB monitors. I'm going to try to bring some of my own as well. I'm going to see how I'm going to be able to finagle getting all this stuff out there. But I think I'm going to try to get some cool equipment out there and, uh, and show off some fun RGB stuff for people. So um, anybody that's going to be in the area, please swing by. I'd love to meet you in person. And the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo is always a lot of fun because it's at that aviation museum. So you get planes, you get video games, you get a bunch of us hanging out. You can't beat it. So hopefully I'll see everybody there. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you so much to all the amazing Patreons that subscribe and keep this podcast going. Thanks to everybody else that just watches. Uh, you know, if you could, like, subscribe, share, and try to build the whole group of people that's working around this with us. But uh, as always, thanks so much, and I'll see you guys next time.